Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, I'm Chuck Fletcher. Hey, this is Jeremy Roenick. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Joel Fairby. Hi, this is Derek Broussard. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And, and you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 Oh, yes! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to Snow the Goalie, the Only Flyers podcast, the People's podcast, the Prognosticators podcast, the Pedialyte podcast. Listen, the Only Flyers podcast, we know this. It's, it, it's true. It is undisputed. We are here. We, we are trying something new today. We hope that you enjoy it. We've gotten some feedback in recent weeks about how, man, it'd be better. It would be great if the audio quality or if the video quality over on the YouTube channel, over on the Crossing Broad YouTube channel were better. So, guess what? We're here. We listened. We're now using Riverside. We're hoping that this is going to be good. We hope that it's going to sound great. It's going to look great over on the YouTube channel. And more than anything, we get to now look at the handsome mugs of Anthony Sanfilippo and Chris Terrian. So there's a lot to get into today. Gentlemen, uh, let, let's just start. Bundy, I, I don't know if you want to say what you thought when you saw Ant today, or if that's going to be an, off, an off-air thing, but... Uh, <laughs> No, you know, no. for a guy that I've called Rob Blagojevich before, I, I figured that, you know, if you wanted to, you wanted to, you know, take your barbs at Ant, you know, now's your time. Let's just, uh, you know what, I think Ant looks good, he's a good friend, and uh, you know what, to each, to each his own. I did that to myself one time, too, and uh, they asked me if I'd like to become a character in a Star Wars movie, but other than that, I think he looks great, and... I'd rather do, I'd rather do G.I. Joe. <laughs> And, and you know what, dude? It's cool. And you know what? You don't have to dry anything when you get out of the shower, right? That's and, right. That's and right. And so who here. cares? That's it. Well, I'm got, yeah, but here's the thing. I'm flying to – so you, I, you know, I, we didn't announce this on the show, but Maria and I are flying to Las Vegas tonight nice. uh, for the next – we're going to be there for the next five days. It's 95 degrees in Vegas. Like, let's – you know, take it all off, man. Just kind of it. be sitting out. I'm going to be sitting whoa, out there whoa. by the pool. Don't tell us about your – just... don't tell us about your nighttime exploits. All right? Oh, you meant your hair. Just that. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Let your hair down and hang out for the weekend. That's right. That's right. It'll be great. It'll be good. I like that so. Ant is acting like he was, you know, follically gifted leading into this. Like he had a, a luscious, <laughs> you know, Yager, Yager-esque uh, mane of hair. But listen, <laughs> we're, we're excited for today. Um, make sure if, if you, if you, for whatever reason, if you're listening to the podcast and you don't already, you know, subscribe or follow, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, everywhere that, that there are podcasts, look for Snow the Goalie. Remind you that you can listen to us hands-free, uh, with any Google home device or any Amazon device, even with Siri, you can ask, uh, to play the newest episode of Snow the Goalie Flyers podcast and bingo, bango, bongo, you get the newest episode and like I said before, youtube.com slash crossing broad. You can find the Snow the Goalie channel on that channel. Uh, we're excited. There's a lot to get into today. Guys, I, I feel like we, we touched on this last week. Um, I'm not saying that we're responsible for this, obviously. We're not. But last week we talked about, you know, what happens if the Flyers ultimately opt to sit Keith Yandel and to break the Ironman streak. And then it was like, what, the, the next day the report came out that, you know, it, it's a realistic possibility. Could very well happen. Then I saw Ant uh, went into Twitter, into our Snow the Goalie community, which, by the way, if you follow us on Twitter, at Snow the Goalie or at Ant San Philly, at Cetarian6, at Joy on Broad, you can find, I think we've all at some point quote tweeted or retweeted the Flyers community that we have, the Snow the Goalie community on Twitter. And Ant, just for funsies, decided that he was going to go into the community and share, I think it was two hours before any of the other writers picked it up. Nah, it, was that it was like 50 it was like 50 minutes 
It was 50 minutes before you put it out publicly, but it was two hours before oh, some okay. of the other reporters went out and, and reported it. But Ant, just yeah. for fun, decided to flex on everyone. So in the Snow the Goalie community, he shared, I think it was like 9 a.m., maybe a little bit earlier, yeah. that you know the indications were that Keith Yandel was going to be sat. Less than an hour later, he goes on Twitter and tweets it out. And then like an hour after that, the people who went down to talk to uh, Mike Yo in uh, Voorhees put it out, you know, because better late than never, right? So, guys, I, I know that there's been a lot surrounding this, and I think a, a lot of the things we kind of predicted would happen uh, in terms of outrage and, and how the community was going to react, the hockey community was going to react, kind of came to fruition. So, Bundy, let me throw this to you first as the former player. Um, are you surprised... One, that the, the Flyers sat Keith Yandel. But two, are you surprised by the vast contrast, the stark contrast between the two camps once again uh, in, in reacting to what happened here with Keith Yandel and who's to blame for him sitting? Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's it's stark, the contrast. And I know we're, we've talked about it before, and we'll, we'll give you some examples of that. You know, I'm more one, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the guy, the believer that the club is the one that has to make this decision. I know it's a long streak, but, you know, you wonder, you know, when you hear some of the things go on, how many games are manufactured over this time? It's really hard to play that many games in a stretch. And, 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 and I know, like, one guy that we will talk about after is Mike Rupp, but there's there are different guys saying things. Like, Jeremy Roenick has one thing that says he's totally disgusted with the Flyers for what they did. Uh, and there's guys privately I've talked to, but I would say most likely I would say eight out of ten of them were like, yeah, I mean, you have to earn the right to stay in the lineup, and you have to be a solid player. His First of all, numbers uh, Yandel's numbers were just pathetic, right? Like, as bad as you'll ever find for a defenseman at that stretch, minus 39, I think, when they pulled him at the time. I know he might have been a mi- couple minuses when he got back in the lineup the other night. But, you know, I'm, I'm a guy that believed that um, no matter how you performed, you had to earn your right to stay in the lineup. But I'm not saying that he didn't. I'm just saying, though, that in, in a lot of ways, um, I think that these things – you know, guy, I, the, when Chuck signed Keith Yandel, my issue is not with Keith Yandel being on this team or playing here this year or playing somewhere else next year or even the year after that. My problem was that you were committed to playing the guy for 50-some games when he couldn't even get in the playoffs in Florida last year. So if you're the general manager, you got to be forward-thinking in, in a sense saying to yourself, like, okay, uh, how is this guy? Because he's going to be one of my six every single night for 50-some games until this record's broken. And, by the way, we still got Phil Kessel, who's chugging down his back like 15 games behind him. See, that has to become mean something. Otherwise, Keith Yandel's streak doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah, Kessel will finish off the year in Arizona on a bad team. Somebody will sign him next year, and he'll play six games, and no one will ever talk about a streak again. Phil Kessel will have that record like Doug Jarvis for the next 40 years until someone breaks it. So if you're going to play the guy and bring him in, play him all the way, be as god-awful as you've been to this point, and let him move on if that's what you're thinking was. Getting him out of the lineup to look at kids was the right thing to do. You have got to see what you have in your system. Uh, Ronnie Adderd, uh, giving York more power play minutes. Those are the decisions that you have to make for the betterment of the Philadelphia Flyers. And to be quite honest with you guys, they haven't done much for the betterment of the Philadelphia Flyers all year. This is probably one of the positive moves they've made uh, and, and dropping a hammer and saying, hey, we need to, just to move, start moving forward and looking forward here uh, because what we did just this year was an absolute, 
It was as pathetic a season as you'd ever find from the pieces put in place to all the, the charades that we've seen in the building this year, guys. So that's where I'm at on it. No one ever did me any favors when I played. I believed I earned my time. Uh, I got scratch games when I should have. Uh, I went through the natural progression. I met, played every single playoff game there was available to me to play. Um, but that's a lot of games by Keith Yandel. I commend him for that. I know he's a great guy and a great person. But I'll be honest with you guys, the talk of the streak was over as soon as that hockey game was over from most sides. It was talk because of the Flyers pulled them out. That's life. I mean, that's life. There's no participation trophies. And, you know, in reality, there's not. You can give them out. But the bottom line is that you've got to earn your time and you've got to earn your professionalism playing in that league. And minus 39, there is nothing uh, that suggested to this point that he should have even been in the lineup at all that far. And I think that's pretty much the fairest analysis I could give. Nothing to do with the person at all. It's everything to do with the player and where the organization's at in this period of time. Yeah, and, and I tend to I tend to agree completely here, uh, Russ. It, it, you know, there's some people who say, "Well, why didn't you pull him out sooner?" I mean, you let him set the record and then and then pull him out. Well, there was there's two things at play here. One, they do they did want to see him able to hold on to the record for as long as he could obviously Kessel's really close right um so they they assured it got to a point where Kessel couldn't catch him this season I mean who knows if Kessel signs anywhere next year he may not I mean you know he's you know he's 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 not like particularly a guy you want in your lineup I mean he's not like the the picture of health someone look at the guy someone will sign there I guarantee it and it could be the Philadelphia Flyers does he have Chuck Fletcher's (laughs) number could be could be who knows but uh, but but secondly, but more importantly, like the fly- up until the time that it happened, the Flyers did not have a prospect type player to bring into the lineup to replace Keith Yandel. So what was the what would have been the point of pulling him sooner? You made the commitment to him. It was probably not the right decision at the beginning of the year. But the, again, you know, when he signed, you're looking at who was out there. I mean, and you see they did sign after the fact. Uh, they did bring in Sealer. They did bring in Connaughton off of waivers. I mean, those were the kind of defensemen you're looking at, right? So if it wasn't Keith Yandel, it was probably Nick Sealer for the whole year or probably Kevin Connaughton uh, for more time than, than it would have been Yandel. So they didn't really have anybody else to put in that spot. And, you know, you can blame the organization for that 100%, right? There's no no question. Um but the, the the fact of the matter is, is that once he's once he's there, you don't you, you just you don't you don't you don't take him out until you have somebody that you want to see replace him, which it was when Ronnie Adder gets signed. Then they have somebody to put in, and now it makes perfect sense. Yeah. and you know the other and, thing too, that Anthony, just to add to it a little bit, guys, was was also when when you're you're also when your team is dipping like it was, like kind of had an okay start, but then when the, the when the when the train goes off the tracks or the wheels go off the car. Everything happens so fast, and you're not thinking enough, like, how can we change the lineup? We're just going to keep going with what we know. And I think that's another part where, where you know, the, the same players get thrust back in the lineup night after night. And I think the Flyers got caught in that a little bit also this year. Um, yeah. So it's interesting enough how that w- works out sometimes. Just in case anybody thinks that we're, like, living in our own echo chamber, I want to bring in the clip of uh, Mike Rupp, who, you know, I think said a lot of the same kind of things that, that we had said and some of the things that, you know, we very clearly were kind of of the same thought process on. So I want to play this real quick for the people who are uh, watching and who are listening. 
just to give you an idea of somebody else's perspective on this before we take the other side into consideration. So here we go. Hey, everybody. Hopefully you're having a great weekend. Uh, I just wanted to chime in on something. I know that that's in the hockey world right now. A hot topic is the Philadelphia Flyers deciding to scratch Keith Yandel. Um, let's remove the player's name from the equation because – uh, I don't. I just want to talk about the circumstance because I, from my interactions with Keith Yandel and everybody I've ever talked to, loves this guy. Great teammate, great human being. But we got to stop finessing and manufacturing and fabricating things to get records. Like how many times do we have to see this happen? I mean, honestly, Keith Yandel was supposed to get scratched when he was in Florida, and the whole internet blew up and was losing their minds about it. And almost it kind of like guilted this organization in Florida to, to keep it going. And then he got the record. And here we are in a situation. You can't tell me the best thing for the Flyers right now is, is if, he's not, if he is not playing well, he shouldn't be in the lineup, especially when they need to play 15 in these 15 games, the kids, right? And, and, and that's even – so if this thing, and it looks like it's coming to an end, looks like Phil Kessel's next line. Phil's streak should have ended. They fabricated – manufactured they flew him home got a charter flight for him to fly where where was it chicago is that where the game was he played one shift flew home kept the streak alive why are we doing this these records weren't set that same way doug jarvis i don't think did anything like that gary unger i don't think did anything like that we're discrediting the history of the game by doing these types of things so all the people that are saying this is a trash move by a trash organization in Philly, I completely disagree. They're doing what's best for them. They've got to smoke out what some, some of their defensemen and some of their younger players can do at this time. It would be a joke if they did it the other way. So anyways, let me. So there you go. It's not just us. But he did allude to the fact that there are other people in the sport and maybe you know former players who are just as upset about it. And so I'm going to go to somebody who – we all know somebody who's been on this show before, somebody who's popular in this city, and that's Jeremy Roenick. I want to bring up his tweet really quick because um, I I think he's usually spot on with a decent number of takes, but this one I think he got horribly, horribly wrong. So Roenick's tweet is, uh, for those who are listening, I never thought I'd be this disappointed in the Flyers, one of my favorite teams ever. Scratching Yandel is beyond disrespectful and sends the wrong message of loyalty to the players and fans of the NHL. The team is not making the playoffs. What's the message here? Mike Yo, you should be ashamed. What Keith Yandel has accomplished is truly remarkable, and to take that away from him, what free agent would ever want to play for Mike Yo now? The team is trying to rebuild, and you pull a move like this. Truly unbelievable. I'm very disappointed to be a Flyers fan right now. That's a lot. Well, I, that, that, uh, go I, ahead, I, Well, my biggest, my biggest issue with this is him throwing this at the feet of Mike Yao. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't, this isn't Yozzi's – I mean, ultimately, it's his call to make the lineup change. But that meeting was held in the morning between Chuck Fletcher and Keith Yandel. Let's get it straight. I mean, the general manager and the player – talked about this, and the general manager told him he's coming out of the lineup because they need to see young players. The general manager is telling the interim coach, Mike Yo, we want to see um, younger players play, so you got to put Ronnie Adderd in, and somebody's going to have to come out. It'll probably be Yandel because we want to we want to see Sealer without Yandel because we might think about potentially bringing him back as a number seven, number eight guy next year. Again, remember, flat cap, right? So you can't really have... Um, 
you can't really be expecting like your depth guys to be any more than what they really are now. I mean, you got to it's, it's guys making this kind of salary. It's borderline NHL talent, mostly AHL talent, right? So that's who these guys are. So maybe they want to see Sealer without Yandel and say, okay, can he play without Yandel as his partner? Um, so I mean, so that's it. I mean, that was just the thing between the general manager and the and the and the player had nothing to do with Mike Yo. So to, to throw Mike Yo under the bus, Jr. You, yeah. you missed that, man. That's a that's a that's a swing and a miss, my there's, friend. There's another part to this too, right? Like even even if you were going to be misguided and say it was Mike Yo's fault, who gives a shit? Mike Yo's not going to be here after this year, right? Unless unless he is like the ultimate blankie to Chuck Fletcher, like unless he is the 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 teddy bear that he cuddles at night, right? Like Stop the it. proverbial, no, no. the proverbial. Hold on, Anthony. I'm not saying no, no. that there's an illicit affair going on here between. No, I'm not saying I'm, that either. But, but what I'm saying is, but is Mike Yo's not going to be here. So it, it's not even. <laughs> no, but he of, might be. Is but he? He might be as an as an assistant coach. Jesus, okay. he might be here as an he, assistant he coach. He might. Rob. Seriously, he I mean, might. I, I don't think Mike Yo's a bad coach. Let me let me get that out of the way. I don't think Mike Yo's a bad coach. I don't think Mike Yo would be a bad assistant coach. But Mike Yo is not going to be the head coach of this team next Correct. year. Correct. He's not yeah. going to be the head coach, but he could be an assistant here. Yeah. So to say he's not going to be here next year is a little disingenuous. Well, okay. he won't be here that's as a head I, coach. I cl- I that's think. why so I clarified as the head coach. Yeah, that, that was the clarification. Let me, let me yeah. say something about JR first, Ross. I, I love like, you, you, love JR. He was an unbelievable teammate. Just a, I mean, one of my favorite people in hockey. Um, yeah, he doesn't like Mike Yo, but you know he was <laughs> he was broadcasting too, and he didn't like Patrick Marlowe very much, and he made that pretty clear on national TV. So, you know, I know one thing about Jr. If he's got a gripe with somebody, he's not afraid to lay it out there, and uh, and that sounds like there's like, it almost sounds like an old junior beef or something, you know, like uh, with Mike Yo. But you know, again, and 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 Jr. is entitled to that, uh, you know, to his opinion on that. Uh, we were just trying to show you guys there's, there there are varying opinions uh, of this. But I think most of them, at the end of the day, favor the team, Anthony, uh, and the Flyers making the right call. I'm, I'm with the Flyers on this one. This one, Keith Yandel broke the record. They carried him to that part. Yeah. So I, I don't, you know, and if there was no Phil Kessel behind them, we wouldn't even be talking about this, right? Correct. We, it would be no discussion Correct. at all. If he set the record, they scratched him the next night, and there was no Nobody Phil was Kessel, someone was at 400 games, we'd be like, great, let's see what happens to that guy in the next 500 games. Exactly, and and so exactly. that's why we're only because talking Kessel. about it because there is a Phil Kessel that exists. And 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 what and what um, uh, Mike Rupp said, what they did, and we didn't even like describe it. Fans might not even know. They his wife, Phil Kessel's wife, was was about to give birth, and they wanted him to keep his streak going. So rather than have him, um, uh, you know, miss the game and end the streak, they. Chartered him a plane, flew him to Chicago. He took one shift and got right back on that charter plane to go back to uh, Arizona to be with his wife for the birth of their child. Now I get it. You want to be with the birth, be at the birth of your kid. That's great. That's awesome. That's really kind of a cool thing. You should, but to, to you should be there. You should, but should you? Should you game, keep the streak? Should you should you keep the streak alive? Because of the, you know, because you're gonna like if you were to miss a game. Because of the birth of your kid, isn't that fair enough? Isn't that like, you know, does Phil Kessel need his name in the in the book in the um, history books as being a guy who sets a record? And then people say, yeah, but you know what he did once. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's always going to be but somebody there. wants. That's always going to be like that. the asterisk. Somebody wants him to have that's that record. Gonna... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to really quick. 
uh, before we get into a little bit more about this, I want to bring up the clip of Keith Yandel addressing this because I think he handled it well, uh, given the circumstances. And, you know, it, it's important to point out here, I think, to people that the, the, the rumblings and the whispers that any of us typically would get from guys in the locker room or around the, the locker room, um, if Keith Yandel had been a horrific malcontent for the better part of the season— uh, I, I don't think that we would be approaching this the same way either. Um, there was a report that he had expressed to the organization a, a willingness to express to a team that might want to acquire him, a playoff team that might want to acquire him, that they are not required to maintain the Iron Man streak, that they could sit him. He didn't want it to be a distraction. But th- there are two things there. One, it's really hard to know if, if that was true, right? Like it, that, that could just be a little bit of, of saving face. But the, the bigger issue, obviously, is what playoff team was going to want Keith Yandel at this point? You know, unless it really is to just be, you know, a number seven defenseman that you could bring in in an emergency situation, you know, and, and really there isn't much of a reason to play him. I, I can't imagine why a playoff team would have considered going after him. It, maybe it was just, you know, he knew that the season was up here, this was going nowhere, and you, you try to chase a cup one more time. I don't know. But I, I, I am kind of surprised by the number of people who I think tried to villainize, or vilify the uh, the Flyers for this decision. And at the same time, I, I also thought it was kind of sad to see so many people shitting on Keith Yandel for wanting to keep his streak alive as long as he possibly could. I, I don't know I don't know what's happened. I think it's just the toxicity that surrounds this team and the fan base and how divided this fan base is. But, like, you can have two things. You can, one, be kind of happy for the guy that he broke the record. And then at the same time, you can also step back and say, you know what, the team did what's best for the team. And they were under no obligation to to continue the streak. The idea of getting this to 1,000 games, I think, is the most maddening part of it. That, like, the Flyers screwed him over because he could have gotten to 1,000 consecutive. That's a meaningless number at this point. You know what I mean? It's not the same thing as Claude Giroux playing his 1,000th game for the same team. He'll get to 1,000 games, maybe, if somebody signs him next year, right? But, like, that, at some point, the, the onus is no longer on the organization, to continue to hamper their own product and and to prevent their younger guys from playing just to keep a meaningless number going after they've already given him the chance to break the the record in the first place. Can I I say something, guys? And I'll be honest with you. It's actually an interesting point you just brought up, Russ, and I just think it as a player. If there was any kind of wiggle room for the player in this, right? So obviously Keith Yandel had his say in a lot of stuff leading up to that, to breaking the record. What I would have done and what would have been more important for me I would have been trying to get the thousand games rather than the streak. So I would have said to the Flyers, if I'm healthy, you guys can scratch me when you feel necessary. But if you're going to play me, get me to a thousand games. However, that the, the games appear, whether there's two in a row, a scratch, five more in a row, a couple of games missed. Just play me like the, like the sixth or seventh guy. Games you need me more in a power play. But that, that would have been my goal to try to get to the thousand games more so than the streak. So it's an interesting, just a concept, the way you're talking about it, because that might have been, that might have been something there. I, I don't know. Because that, to me, I'm just telling you from my standpoint, guys, I would have rather had the 1,000-game uh, mantra than, than, than a streak that's probably going to get broken anyway, and he may not get to 1,000 games, right? 
So yeah, well, the prob- the problem is that like I think even if you were to go into that, and I think it's a really good point, and I think it's a great idea. I think the problem that you run into in that scenario is there's nothing to hold the Flyers accountable to that, right? Unless you're going to go out and publicly burn them, which you're not going to do. Like there there is a- an inherent public pressure to get this guy in the lineup to pursue that Ironman streak. And just like for the for the sake of making sure that we're kind of clear on this one too, he has played in 1,100 games in his career. So right. it's not that it was 1,000 career games. It was just that idea of getting to 1,000 with the yeah. Ironman streak. So, you know, it's just, again, it, 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 is, it is difficult. But the, the only way for him to get to that 1,000 Ironman streak was for them to effectively play him the rest of the season. And it just didn't make sense to do it. So the, I, I don't want to go back to the Claude Giroux thing, but this is why I think... Once again, we've entered this weird, there's this weird dichotomy between people who are happy to, to see the team get what's best or do what's best for the team long term versus, you know, versus the fans who are all in on whatever happens for the player. And like we saw it with, with the Giroux situation. I think we kind of saw it here with the Yandel situation. It's like, unfortunately, you can't have it both ways. Keith Yandel isn't a good enough player to keep in the lineup. If he were decent, or if he were even like a, a number four slash five, instead of a six or seven, or some might argue an eight, then he would be in the lineup. They they wouldn't be scratching him for Ronnie Adder. They, they wouldn't. But he's not good. And I'm not saying Nick Sealer is good by any stretch. But you at least can take a look at what Nick Sealer might be in a different situation. You don't want to move on from a guy, think that he's garbage, or think that he's not very good at all, and then he goes on and he blossoms somewhere else. And the reason you didn't get to take a look at him is because you decided to keep Keith Yandel in, in your, you, you know, in your, in your lineup when there's no long-term future here. And you've been kind of quiet on, on uh, Keith here and, and the Flyers fans. Are, is there anything that you want to add to this before we move on or have we talked it out? No, I, I think that that's, I think that that's exactly, I mean, I think, I think we've, I think we've hit the nail on the head. I mean, the Flyers did what was right by them. They, they did what was right by the player for as long as they could. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, listen, we have to put the team ahead of you now. And it was the right thing to do. And, that, and that there, that's all there is to it. I mean, I, I don't look at it any more or less than that. And, and I think Bundy's most prescient point today was if, um, if there was no Phil Kessel, this wouldn't even be a conversation. I agree. Totally agree. And that's the, that, that was the, that's the biggest part of it. Yep. You know, that's the biggest part. The one thing I will say, though, I mean, you know, with an opportunity to, to look at some of the, the young players, I mean, I don't know if you, how much of the games you guys have been watching. Um, I, you know, I mean, Adder's made a couple mistakes. Obviously, you don't expect him to be, you know, a superstar right off the bat. Um, yep. But, I, you know, I, I, I like what I'm seeing from some of these younger kids. You know, Noah Cates had a nice little game the other night. Owen Tippett, man, he, he's, that kid, he's, I mean, he hasn't scored. He hasn't, he's, he hasn't really – he's got one goal, but, I mean – Holy cow! He hits he hits the pipe. Yeah. He gets breakaways. He can skate. I mean, th- th- there's some young players here that you got to sit there and say they could be something. There they, there might be something here. Yeah, Owen Tippett's got. That's got to be a good feeling, Drew, right? <laughs> He's got as many goals for the Flyers <laughs> as Drew had for Florida. So it's an even trade, guys. Yes, the Flyers are winning it. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be a good feeling though for the organization, right? Like. Yes, he's not finding the back of the net, but he's a player that it looks like right now fans can get behind. 
and you're you're not left with you're not left with a lottery ticket, right? Like you're not left with a pick that will convey two years from now. You actually have something tangible that you can watch and that you can start to throw some support behind. He he's been all over the place, and it is nice to see a guy who's willing to shoot the puck and and put some weight behind it. So yeah, you gotta like Owen Tippett. We're all behind. I, the I, I think more. I think Morgan Frost has played some of his best hockey of late. Um, maybe not the third period the other night, but other than that, um, I, I thought like for the last five or six games, he's been excellent. Um, so it's 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 nice to see like his games start. Maybe he's starting to figure something out. Um, who knows? I mean, it's it's just like it, it, it gives them at least something to think about. And if you're going to use these guys as assets that you're going to move as part of off season transactions. It at least gives the other teams something to think, to think about too. Say, well, maybe that guy is worth a you know worth a flyer. Maybe that guy is worth adding into this deal. You know, whatever the case might be. I, I think that there's there's some benefit there, um, especially when, in these games that are really meaningless at this point in the season. Yeah, buddy, is that part of the frustration? Say that again, like, Russ. Is that part of the frustration here? Like, it, we obviously know that there are people who are in the rebuild camp and the retool camp. That, like, yes, it is good to see Morgan Frost potentially, like, rehab his trade value. But at the same time, like, isn't it kind of frustrating in that, like, this team seemingly wants to go the retool route instead of, like, you you could theoretically go into next year, not with the full bottom out. I know Ant hates the, the bottom out. But, like, you could go into that season letting Morgan Frost and an Owen Tippett and, you know, continue Farabee, put Allison in, maybe get Lachinsky up. And, like, get some of these younger guys actual meaningful NHL minutes in a season that, that has no pressure, right? Like, if you go into it in a, yep. as a bad team, there's no pressure. Sure, losing can be toxic and all that. But, like, you can actually give them an opportunity to play an NHL season with no real expectations yeah. or pressure on them. I, I look at it and I say, I wish that's what we could do. And this is a no-pressure situation right now and they're flourishing. It almost makes me feel like that – this is, like – the, this is the sample that you need to see. This yeah. should be what you do next year. Be careful with that, though, Russ, because, you know, what can happen is you can kind of reframe your excitement. I'm not saying you, but the fans, what I don't want them to say is, hey, we got a whole new turnover, and it's Owen Tippett and Morgan Frost, and, you know, uh, a couple of young defensemen have come in. The other thing you have to, you have to be vigilant of is that, yes, they're young still. Um, and we don't really know their proven commodities to what level, right? So they may not – there's probably guys here that are playing in the NHL right now that will never be NHL players. I mean, we just had a kid up here, Hayden Hodgins, who went back to the minors, right? And, um, mm-hmm. you know, he was a 27-year-old, got a chance late. Uh, a coach really liked him. But those are the cases you don't want to get, in, get, get too many of them in your lineup where they're really not NHLers, and you can get yourself caught in, in kind of a viewing bubble saying, oh, is this the future? It's, it's not. They're, but I agree with you 100% that you have to just let them go play, right? Like just roll the dice say, guys, this is what we have right now. We're going to have some guys, healthy players back, hopefully Couturier. I don't want to talk about Ellis until we actually see him on the ice, you know, and to some capacity. But, you know, we're going to have healthy guys back. we got some veterans. But the young guys, we want you to take a big bite of the apple. To me, anybody can compete hard with or, or play look good if you're competing hard, you're doing things. You maybe can't account for the goals or the skill plays that are involved with some of these young guys. But I agree. This next year, I don't even care. I think the fan base would be actually – I think they'd be almost relieved to a sense if someone said, you know what, we're going to rebuild and then take some pressure off of everybody. You know, let the kids do it. And then 
I know they said they were rebuilding seven years ago. It didn't work out. But if you have to retool, I don't like the word retool. I'm a rebuilder at this point because they've retooled already for too long and it hasn't worked. So, yes, play the kids. Let them go out and make mistakes. The fans will get behind that because you're trying to do it. The Rangers did it. and Look at where they are. It didn't even take them as long as they thought. So, you know, I think, I think that this has been a really miserable couple of years for the team, guys. But I, I, but I agree with them. Just let, let these guys go out and play and see what you got. I almost wonder if you go into that low to no expectation season, if you're able to not rehab the value of some of your vets that you'd like to move. But like, I don't see a scenario where James Van Riemsdyk gets moved this offseason without having to attach something of significance or take back an almost equally bad contract. It almost makes sense to me that you go into next year, you put Van Riemsdyk in a top six role, even though he's not a top six forward, but you put him in enough positions to be successful that he put, he pots a, a few goals and then maybe you're able to sell a team on him. I see I Ant shaking his head. Off. Ant? Yeah. Nope. No. <laughs> no. He's not here next no. year. They will buy that. If they can't move him, they will buy out that contract. Or they'll set up I a GoFundMe to buy it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please I mean, help come. You can't. You, you, you know, you, 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 can't, you can't skate around with one hand on your stick the entire, the entire career. I mean, I mean, you just, you know. I, people say all the time that you know he could uh, he could tie a water balloon to the front of his jersey and, and it won't pop by the end of the game. I mean that's you know it's it's unbelievable. Just you got to get out of that contract. You just got to get out of it. He, his game, he'll score some goals. Somebody will sign him at a much lower number, and he'll be a third, fourth line guy who plays on the power play and get you fifteen, twenty goals, and that's great. That's not what they need here. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we head out, there is a uh, well. There's a, a big announcement. We've been kind of tiptoeing around it. We've been we've been flirting with it. Um, Bundy, you've got would, you've got something going on. I would first of all, before I say this, I would like to thank my great friends at NBC Sports Philadelphia for the great lessons I've learned from the professionals over there, which have led me to my next venture, which I'm very proud to announce. Let me tell you first of all how this all, whole thing happened. I get a call about a month ago from a gentleman named Charlie Nama. And he says, how are you doing, Chris? My name is Charlie Nama, and I'm from a good friend of Joe Watson's from Smithers, British Columbia. I said, Joe Watson from Smithers, British Columbia? I said, I know a Joe Watson from Smithers, British Columbia. So he says, listen, he says, I, he says I'm looking for a broadcaster for a, an event I have coming up or a series of events coming up. And Joe Watson says, I got a guy for you. He did a great job here, and he'd do a great job for you too. So... Um, as announced last week, there was something on the Pat McAfee show and the Netflix special that goes back to last year with the uh, the Danbury Thrashers. But I will be broadcasting uh, the newly revamped International Ice Wars. We'll get you the uh, information here, guys. Let me get my glasses on. But uh, this will take place in Edmonton. Uh, it's going to be a combination of so-called pro and semi-pro ice fighters. And one thing I know Anthony knows, and Russ, you know, going back 30, 40, 50 years, everybody wanted to know who the toughest guy on the ice always was. And that happened in the 80s and 90s. It was never me, I can tell you that. And I can tell you that someone said, well, how do you know broadcasting fights? And I said to Johnny LeClaire the other day, we were talking, I said, well, we've seen thousands of them. I certainly have had my eyes on enough fights up front in Philadelphia with some of the, the, the guys that I've played with. So... Uh, I will be broadcasting with a conglomerate of guys, uh, International Ice Wars. The first show will be in Edmonton on May 21st. 
Charlie set it up. Uh, the Galante family uh, from Danbury is very much behind it. They had that hit Netflix show. Uh, was he, uh, I think I'd love to try to get him on. But these guys are so much fun, guys. I look at it a little bit like a wrestling rust, which I know you're into, and some uh, sports entertainment. But everybody wants to find out who the toughest dog is in the lot. And uh, we're going to find out starting the first of four series in Edmonton on May 21st. And I'm pretty excited about it. It's pretty cool. It's a new venture. And uh, I'm really, uh, really looking forward to the opportunity of meeting some guys and getting back into the hockey, uh, the hockey world, certainly in a place like Edmonton to start. Go ahead, boys. When you first told, well, when you first told me about it a, a while ago, uh, I was very excited for the prospect. And then last week, I get a call from Ant, and Ant is over the moon. I mean, I don't know if I've ever heard him as happy as as I did when he started talking about <laughs> about this. So, um, anything that can make Anthony smile is certainly worth the uh, price of admission. So, Ant, like, what what are your thoughts on this going in? And do you have a uh, a fighter picked? Well, I mean, I think we and we could say this like one of the fighters is somebody very familiar. Uh, one of the fir- fighters in the first um, event in Edmonton, Bundy, is somebody very familiar to Philadelphia. Is this correct? Is it is it Frank? Frank? Uh, oh, by a little, Frank Boy. Yeah, that's what I think. I, I, he's I, I, a judge, I think. He's a judge. We're gonna get. Oh, he's yeah, a judge. Gonna, is that what he's okay? There he's is a, a Philadelphia right. flair, and Dave McIsaac, who a longtime Philadelphia fan, I'm, and the guy still yes. lives in the area here. He's one of the. He's involved with the Danbury Thrashers. So the Netflix special last year kind of set everything up because I mean, everybody saw it. Everybody was watching it. I mean, you had a 17-year-old general manager, and they were bringing – and actually, Mike Rupp was part of that special, right, that we showed earlier. Yes, he uh, was. He was one of yes, the NHLers that wasn't played. Quick story about this. I, I, in 2004, we're out playing pickup hockey now, uh, you know, during the lockout. And some guy comes up to a bunch of us on the ice and said, hey, if anybody wants to come up and make a few thousand dollars and play for the Danbury Thrashers tonight, come on up. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, someone's going to pay, pay us to go up and play? And anyway, Mike Rupp jumped on the opportunity, I guess, and, and, and kept himself in shape. But um, this is, to me, guys, it's like a, it's, it's an entertainment thing. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, players are wearing sanctioned uh, gloves and, and, and the, the proper uh, equipment for headgear and all that. But it'll be a show for sure. Uh, I know the Pat McAfee show had the whole gang on last week, and they're going to be doing a lot of promoting, went through WrestleMania. But this should be a pretty big event, and, uh, and it'll be pretty interesting, certainly, to, to crown, uh, you know, King of the Ring, or King of the Rink. King of the Rink is what we're King calling. of the Rink, yes. King of the Rink, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So this it's going to be, guys, it's uh, IWIFights.com. We'll try to put a link on, but IWIFights.com. And uh, you get all the information for the pay-per-view and that series of pay-per-views. So I'm excited about it. Get back in the call and some uh, live action that involves some form of hockey, I guess, without the puck. Uh, but uh, I know we're going to have a little bit of fun here in the next month talking about it as we lead up to it. And uh, uh, I just want to thank everybody involved. Certainly Joe Watson for uh, appreciating my broadcasting skills and giving me a referral. Thanks, Joe. You're the man, buddy. Yeah. And if you haven't seen the documentary, check it out. It's it's on Netflix. It's still there, yep. and it's it's something else. It's called Untold Crime and Penalties, and it's just it's one of the better hockey documentaries you're you going to find. You can't stop watching it, right? Like you put your eyes on it's it, you, just, so good. you can't turn it off. So I, I agree with you, Anthony. Just tune into that, and we'll get you more info, some of the fight stuff as we approach the big date and uh, head out to Edmonton. I never thought I'd ever see Edmonton again in my life. Amazing. <laughs> Coming back out to the Great West, and you were you were kind of, you were you were kind of excited about that. Well, I actually <laughs> like the Western cat. I lived in Calgary for a year. You know what I like? Great, great people. Cal- well, Calgary. I I like Calgary. I'm not saying I don't like Western Canada. 
I like Calgary, right? Calgary, I think, is a really cool Great town city. with all the, you know, with all the, the you know, the, the country kind of theme. And you got the uh, the stampede that's out there. Like, it really, it's a really kind of happening. I like it. I think it's kind of like a happening little it town. Is. And then, of course, there's like, uh, there's all the beautiful places out in Western Canada, like Banff, right? I mean, you've been to Banff, yep. right, Bundy? I mean, that's just one of the most beautiful places out there, it right? Um, and, and, of course, Vancouver's a really cool town if you go far west. I just didn't like Edmonton. I just thought Edmonton was kind of like plopped in the middle of all this beauty in Western Canada, and it's just like, oh. Well, when he said that, you know what's funny about that? show was in, you know, and I'm like, please tell me that you guys are in Vegas. <laughs> I love the fact that Anthony just talked about something being plopped right between beauty, because I feel like that's that's kind of the video we've got going on right now as well, you know, a, uh, oh, a, a thorn between two roses, if you will. Um, yeah. Bundy, it's going to be really exciting. I, I cannot wait to hear you on the call. And I know that uh, the Snow the Goalie listeners are going to be all in on uh, on your, your next venture here. I, I appreciate uh, guys. I know we'll have a lot of fun. And, and you guys will be very much part of this moving forward into the, the whole series. So it'll, it'll be a good time. And we'll, 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 I'm looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, it is. It's going to be fun. It's, just, it's, just, it's entertainment. Um, sure. and, and everybody's always well, wants the... to know who's the toughest guy in the rink. So they'll have these guys are trained yeah. pros. And here's the th- and here's the thing, buddy. And not a lot of people know this, right? So you know, Russ sits sits all day for Crossing Broad, and he has to do all these betting stories and betting previews and preparing all these different cities to have you know their their uh, you know sports betting, legalized sports betting. But one of the things that Russ is really, really, really good at, and doesn't, and he's you know, Russ is one of those guys pat himself on the back all the time. But he doesn't do this one publicly. He doesn't do this one publicly, and he should. He's like unbelievable at picking MMA. Like, really, really good at picking the MMA fights. So, you also get Russ involved in this and start looking at this. You know, Canada's starting to add. I think Ontario's got gambling now. They're, they sure do, Ontario now. You can read about yeah, that over right. on CrossingBroad.com. Bet365, who we work with. Caesars, BetMGM. BetRivers is coming. I mean, come on now. I, I bet you, I bet you, haha, uh-huh. that you were going to start to see <laughs> IWI fights have some betting lines to them, and then, you know, maybe Russ can be a guy who can be, you know, one of those big touts for uh, picking those fights well, up and up and And down. I agree, and, you know, that's this is what's cool about it. It's a lot of fun, right? Like, it's, it's you know, I mean, like Don Cherry used to say, hey, yeah, a couple guys having a fight, nobody gets hurt. They go to the box there and have a, a couple beers after the game, right? That's so, that's what I think it is, but there's an entertainment part to it, and and we'll see. It's at a. It is at a casino, uh, a, a native Canadian casino out in, in Edmonton. So, um, May twenty first, guys. We'll be carrying you guys on that. I, I'm looking forward to it. Of course, it's you know the reason I'm so good at picking fights is because I was a fighter myself and <laughs> also undefeated. So, uh, you know, there was that. Uh, before we get out of here. We have a five-star review. Of course, uh, you know, we haven't been shelling for these for a while, but uh, we love when a five-star review comes in. So by by all means, go over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. We love five-star ratings. You can do that on Apple Podcasts and also on Spotify. If you pull up the Snow the Goalie page right below the logo, you can hit the little star thing, leave five stars. We, we will love and cherish your uh, positive feedback forever. Anyway, uh, Chico's Bail Bonds Hockey from uh, uh, Apple Podcasts left a five-star review. said, Epic Podcast. Tremendous debt of gratitude for the folks behind this podcast and their unvarnished and direct analysis of the entire Flyers operation. This type of coverage has not been more needed at such a critical juncture of this once proud franchise, which is becoming a laughingstock of the league. Contrasted with all the uh, Pravda-like propaganda machines, 
Uh, listening to and absorbing the takes offered by this group is truly refreshing and what this long-suffering Flyers fan has been clamoring for. Keep it up. So thank you, Chico's Bail Bonds Hockey. Thank you. So there we go. Uh, listen, we're going to be back next week with a new episode. Uh, hope that this one comes across well. Hopefully the quality is a little bit better. People can you know feel, yeah. feel warm and fuzzy listening to it and then don't forget over on the crossing broad youtube channel you can watch us i don't know if it'll go up first uh this week like it did last week but whatever it will it'll be up there if you want to watch us you could by all means you can always listen to the podcast and then go back and watch it on the youtube channel just for fun just so you can watch us uh you know bundy laughs and anthony kind of scowls at his computer from time to time (laughs) and that's 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 what we're here for all right so thanks for tuning in you can follow us all on twitter at ant philly at ctarian6 at joy on broad at snow the goalie uh, also on facebook.com slash snow the goalie by the way uh, anthony mentioned sports betting being legal in ontario now if you're north of the border and you're in ontario go over to crossingbroad.com i've been writing about this quite a bit uh here's a funny quirk guys canada does not allow it's the ontario alcohol and i i forget what part of the board is but whatever they're the ones who set the restrictions on what people are allowed to advertise. And in a fun turn of events, we are not allowed to write about any of the offers for legal online sports books. So Caesars is currently available in Ontario. But the things that I write, I can write about what Caesars Sportsbook is. And I can write about the kinds of things you can bet on. But I can't tell you what their new uh, user promo is. I can't even mention that they have a new user promo. But you can go there. You follow the link. You sign up. It makes me all happy, and it helps us out. So make sure you go check that stuff out over on CrossingBroad.com. So for Ant, for Bundy, I'm Russ. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast.